Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out here at the studios at Silverbridge Ranch in White Lake, Wisconsin, which is northern Wisconsin, about an hour and 15 minutes northwest of Green Bay. For those of you that are not familiar with where in the north woods we are, but we're in northern Wisconsin. Yep. Um, some might argue just barely in northern Wisconsin. We um, are because Highway 64 is the designated highway for the northern lakes. That's a really yeah. That's so a thing. anything north of sixty four, is is under the the Northern Lakes laws. You know when you uh, got to get your ice shanties off and all that kind of stuff. Really. Yeah. So we're about seven miles over that northern border. Interesting. So I tell people we're about as far south as you can be and still be north. Right. Wow. There you go. And even our um, other campus, the Northwoods Retreat, is, is closer. Is, is, <laughs> is pretty much right on the other, like on this side of that. Yeah, that you area. can see 64 from there. So you're not going to get further south and still be north. And if you're confused now, then just look at a map. Yeah. And for those of you wondering, what in the world is a Northwoods Retreat? Well, we have another campus here at Silver Ridge Ranch, and it's five miles from our main campus. It's a smaller venue located on the Wolf River, right on the shores of the Wolf River. It's 11 acres. We have eight cabins, and we're actually getting ready to um, take a step of faith and expand that campus because mm -hmm. it's in need of a dining room kind of meeting facility. And so we're putting an addition onto the existing kind of lodge building, which is kind of a small meeting room um, and kitchen area. And so we're getting ready to break ground for that. That way we can host groups, uh, whether it's men's groups, women's groups. Um, many of you at your churches do life groups, um, small groups, or even youth groups. Because really the, the concept behind this, something that we can't offer at camp is if you want to come to camp, it would take a fairly, fairly large group if you wanted to take the whole facility by yourself. Right. This facility, our hope will max um, occupancy between the 60 and 100 range. And so that's why it's a perfect opportunity for you to come and take the whole facility as a group, whether it's, you know, maybe it's you and a few life group families that want to get away and just say, hey, rather so than... So can I do it if I have a group of 30? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I didn't know if yeah, you needed you like 60. You don't need or... 60. It could, it, it's just our, our hope is to provide an, a, a venue of a camping experience. And the nice thing is, is the cabins are all different. And they're, they're built for both, um, not just youth camps, but even families, because we have real beds. Right. Um, it's not like uh, here at camp, you know, if you've been to camp Where before. we have fake beds. We have fake beds. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we yeah. do have real beds. Yeah, we do. Mattresses. Yeah. Maybe I should specify yeah, real, real mattresses. Yeah, well, yeah. Camp and, is, but we also have real mattresses here at camp. They're just thinner than what yeah, you're used Yeah, camp to. is made for, you know, kids and big, large groups that go in camp buildings. So yeah. it's a different bed. Yeah, and really the word that comes to mind as we think Northwoods Retreat is discipleship. Right. We want to provide a space where you could do life together, enjoy being away from the distractions of life, much like we do here at Silver Ranch, but be able to do it within the context of people that you do life with on a regular basis. Absolutely. So feel free to head over to northwoodsretreat.org, and you can check it out. It's kind of exciting, some of the new opportunities that God has provided here at Silver Ranch. Yeah. You know, through the years, it's been amazing. that I've seen the same thing happen. I've seen so many different things happen, but mostly... That's very profound, Dave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the same is, is that, you know, all the way through the history of Silver Birch Ranch and all the different things that we're involved in, we're here to show the world who God is, to know Christ, to make him known. That doesn't change. It just changes the methods and how we do it and how efficient we are. And it's fun to be a part of what God's doing. Right now we're in the middle of two building projects. We're building a dorm for the Nicolay Bible Institute, and we're building a, a dining hall meeting room over there at the Northwoods Retreat. 
and we're really trusting God for the resources. So mm-hmm. we excite, uh, we're excited about showing people who God is, that he has supplied all these years. We just finished our 56th summer. He has supplied all of those years. And it's always impossible to do what we're doing. And we're excited to see what God's going to do. And if you want to be a part of it, give us a call. Come over and see it, whatever it might be, and, and, and help us show the world who God is. Yeah. Uh, some of the greatest donations we've ever gotten at Silver Birch Ranch through the years have been donations from people I don't know who they are. Hmm. And, yeah. and the reason I like those is because I just don't know who to thank, so I just thank God. Absolutely. And whenever I see, like our chapel who had somebody donate eventually a half a million dollars towards yeah. uh, anonymously when we weren't even raising money for a chapel. Whenever I see the chapel, I just thank God for it. Mm. I don't have any human being to thank. Yeah. And I think that is such a wonderful position to be in. So, Well, the you, cool thing is, and you say this all the time, is you walk around and you give tours during some of our retreats. Like right now we have our ladies retreat and you do like a hayride right. tour. And every building has a story. It does. A story of God's faithfulness, of provision, and just how it came to be. Um, and that's that's how every building project here is at camp. You know, it's, yes, we have some funds, but there's a lot of like, all right, God, we feel this is a need. Um, and so if we feel it's a need, we take a step of faith and knowing that God is going to provide for it. And time and time again, and not all in the same way, like you said, it's always different. It and is. it always forces us, not forces us, but in a way, the only person that we can thank is God. And yep. that's cool. And if you have resources, why not think in those terms? How do I get it so that when people get this gift, they see God? Right. I think you're healthy then. Right. Not how do I get it so people honor me for the rest of my life. I, I don't think you're healthy at that point. Yeah. And the impact that you can have is incredible. I mean, this summer we had over 2,500 students come through our doors. And over 500 of them either recommitted their life to Christ or started sure. a new relationship with Christ. And that's just during the summertime. That's not talking about the other, you know, nine and a half months outside of summer. Yep. When you think about it, it we still get the opportunity to tell young people, God loves you. God yeah. made you. There's a way to live. His son came while you were still sinful and died for you. We get, we get to do that in the world in which we live. In the world in which we live is so chaotic and so messed up. Yeah. People come to us confused and we get to say, well, let's unravel the confusion for you. Yeah. And teach them how to just have a simple life again exactly i i had an opportunity to counsel this summer my son and a bunch of his friends and um the river at the end of summer was a little bit higher we had a dry right. summer at the start and a little, so we finally got to go river adventure so it was my son's first time to go in on the river oh fun but not only him but everybody in the cabin loved it yep floating down the river on a tube it's great yep no screens involved but just having fun in God's creation. And that's what we love to do here is 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 kind of go back to the basics and say, you know what, you can actually enjoy being together. Yeah. And, and if you're listening, together. you need to schedule that. Yeah. Places like ours or others, but you do need to schedule that. Uh, I was reading an article, Jason, just uh, the other day, and I was reading it about, um, the again, the difference. When I see an article that says something's different between your generation and mine, I tend to read it because I'm wondering what they're saying. Yeah. And in the, in the title... Uh, was February 28th, 1920, or 2022. And so uh, it, it was a while ago by Stella something, Stekalopoulos or something. But it, it basically, she said, that the title is this, most in the U.S. say young adults today face more challenges than their parents' generation in some key, na- key areas. And I always look at that thinking, what challenges are different? Because I, I in, at my age, I'm 67, and, and you are how old? I am 30. 
Almost 38. Okay, so 38, 67. So we're two different generations. And whenever I read that, I think, I don't think your problems are different. I think they're just different. Mm-hmm. Now, I know anyone listening goes, you just used the same word. But <laughs> I I know, but because I think they're not different, they're just different. Right. I, 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 if that makes sense at all, good for you. You can turn the radio off now because you get the point. <laughs> That's right. Um, but if it doesn't, it's, it's kind of like they went through and they started to say, okay, here's what your generation says is different. And I look at my generation and I think, you know, I, I started a family or got married and stuff when Jimmy Carter was in office and things were really a wreck. Hmm. Now, those of you that are all into politics and getting mad at that, I'm just saying it the way it was. Interest rates were over 20%. Inflation was out of control. You're trying to get a car. You're trying to get a house. You're trying to start your career. Everything was kind of a, you know, and believe it or not, gas went up to a dollar a gallon. Whoa. I know. Well, you got to remember, it was down in the 30-cent range. Oh, yeah. So now a 20-gallon tank, which everything had on it, yeah, was 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. To fill up. And and it used to be, you know, 30-some cents a gallon. I, I can't do the math, but it was pretty cheap compared to what oh, it yeah. was all of a sudden. Yeah. And and those of us that had to travel quite a bit, and we all had gas guzzlers. Oh, yeah. Well, I even remember um, being a kid. And my dad would let me help pump the gas. And he's like, all right, pump the gas and go in and pay for it and you keep the change. And he'd hand me a $20 bill. Yep. You know. And sometimes he'd be like, grab a gallon of milk and keep the change too. You know, and I'd still have a decent amount to put in my pocket. So I I do remember vaguely those days. Yeah. Well, well, this article goes on and it gives uh, several different areas that they say is different. So I want to throw them at you and and see if it's different. Okay. It says uh, most most people your age believe that saving for the future is different. Is harder. Is harder. Interesting. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with that. Yeah. How is saving harder? Or maybe, maybe. I'm trying to think through like why it would be harder. Propaganda. Like, how did you save, Dave? Um, like, how did your generation save? We were taught not to buy things we didn't need. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people buying things that they don't need. So if if you turn yeah. a need, if you turn a want into a need, yeah, I think you're in trouble. I mean, my generation, we didn't. I we, when we took our kids to McDonald's, yeah, they didn't get Coke with it, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it, and we were rare that way. Yeah, I would say that it would take more intentionality nowadays than it did your days. Yeah. And the reason I say that is this, because I think some of it was actually built into culture back then. Right. Because I would say most jobs, if you got a, 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 a pretty good job, a decent job, came with a pension. Yes. Which helped you save. Right. Nowadays, I, it's harder to find that. Right. And so I, I, I would say there are some some ways where it maybe was done for you guys a tiny bit more than what has to be done now. Not that it can't be done. Maybe it just means it takes more intentionality and maybe that's why they're saying it's harder yeah or maybe there's so many more things that they could waste money on nowadays right you know because during your time you just had you know food utilities and a home right you know whereas nowadays some people would say that they need that plus amazon and netflix and yada 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 as needs when i was your age uh, i I mean when in back in 19 like 80 yeah um, the the only really big expenses I thought we needed to have that were tough to get was a car, 
mm-hmm. and a house. Yeah. Those are the only two things that I thought you really have to have a car. Yep. Because you have to get around. So somehow you have to figure out how to get a car. It could be a used car. It could be whatever it might be. And I hope you're going to have to live somewhere. Yep. So you either have to rent or you have to buy. Uh, it, but either way. But during the Jimmy Carter years, interest rates going over 20%. Owning a home. Most of the people in my generation at that particular point felt that that was out of reach. Yeah. I mean, if you were to talk to anyone, you know, in my age coming out of college, it's like, we'll never own a home. Right. And and anyone that knows anything about interest rates knows why we were saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what your income is, 20% interest rate is out of line. Right. You know, and, yeah. and yet that's what it was. Now, the people, though, at that particular stage in life that had money in the bank, mm-hmm. they were making tremendous interest on it. Right. Yeah, interest rates in terms of savings were, were better back then. Yeah, so then the, that that group learned to leave it in the bank. Yeah. They didn't have to invest in the stock market or that kind of thing. They didn't have to. Right. Because the banks were giving them such great return, mm-hmm. and they were guaranteed. Yeah. So you look at that and you go, that's a little different than today. Most people, you know, we were dealing with somebody in your age bracket, and do you have a checking account? I do. They didn't have one. Really? No, they asked us if, if they could pay us in Venmo or something or something else. Venmo, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then they said, well, we'll go to an ATM. I've never been to an ATM. Yeah. I never have. it, And it's like one of those things where, well, what world are you living in? I have a checkbook. Right, right. Can you take a check? Yeah. You Outside know? of the North Woods, there's probably not many people that own a checkbook anymore. Yeah, well. We still do. Yeah, I still do, Yeah, which is odd for my generation. So, uh, however, we did learn to use Apple Pay, so we do that with our kids. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty hep when I do that, you know. Actually, I made it sound like I do that. My wife does that. Your wife does that. And I don't do that. I still don't know how to do it. That's hilarious. Um, But I, I would think saving for the future is just more of a mind frame. I would think when money comes into a home, there, there's a way that you think, I think, biblically. I think, first of all, you thank God for it. Yeah. I think he's the provider of resources. Uh, your health, your job, he's He's the provider. I think immediately 10% of that is something that um, you designate goes to God just to, to make a statement to yourself that he owns it all. Mm-hmm. But 10% of it immediately, I think, should should be used for some kind of kingdom work that God puts on your heart you know, to be a part of. Um, and then I think you acknowledge as a family that God owns it all. Yeah. So what does God want you to do with it? That's the question. Mm-hmm. And I think you pray and you think and you look at it differently. It's not like, what do I get to do? When you think that 10% is, is all that God owns, then you use 90% like self-centeredly. Right. So I'm thinking, honestly, you, can, you need to listen. I need to listen to God. And that hasn't changed on how we spend the money. Mm-hmm. If, if, um, you know, when we moved up here in 1980, 81, um, my dad was thrilled. He knew we didn't have any money. He knew we were going to make extremely little money. And yet he encouraged us to trust God and see how he worked. Mm-hmm. Now it's been 43 years later. We're still here and he's worked fine. I'm still eating and I'll probably continue to live until I die. You know I mean? One of those things. And, and, and he was right. You trust God, you do it. You do what you should do. Absolutely. Now, how much money did I need to save to make that happen? I didn't have any money when we started. So I yeah. didn't have any to buy a car. I didn't have any to buy a house. 
and we were in that Jimmy Carter year. So I don't know that it's been different. I think I think it's different in some respects, but we were talking about salary back then. My first yeah. year out of college, I made $12,000 mm-hmm. a year, and that was a, a, a entry-level teacher's salary yeah. in the Chicago area. And it was considered decent, by the mm-hmm. way. Right. My dad, who had been at a church, our church, for many years, made 11000 So that eleven, twelve thousand, you could say, was about the salary back yeah. then of somebody. Uh, a car was worth, I, in fact, I remember in 1978, uh, I had to go get my dad a car that he bought, brand new car. It was about $6,000. Wow. So it was about half of uh, his year's salary for a car like that. Mm-hmm. And I think today the average person in the, I don't know what the average salary is. Let's say sixty thousand in America. Yeah. Uh, or something. I don't, like that. Yeah, For some, a family, I'm just guessing. Yeah. Uh, well, if a car's thirty thousand, it's the same. So I'm not sure that's different. So yeah, so maybe almost like you said at the top of the show, it's different but not different. Yeah. Like the numbers are different, but if you were to compare cost of living and kind of what was going on at the time. Yeah, well, even yeah. gas, when it goes up in price, I mean, if it goes from 35 cents a gallon to a dollar, yeah, that's a pretty big percentage jump. Right, especially as we face inflation nowadays. Right. Um, it's it's similar. I mean, interest rates are up on homes. Right. You know, homes cost more now than they did four years ago. Yeah. Um, and so it is It is different. Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm not sure. I, I, I My daughters, when they were, you know, they got out of college and starting their life, they were in apartments and... And I kept encouraging them to get out of the apartment and get a home, get a condo, get a home, get something you can invest in. That's my generation. I was actually thinking of the future for them. Right, right. Okay. Now, if, you, if you're too focused on the present, you don't know how you can get into a home. But you need to start looking because your, your rent in the apartment, in both cases, was more or equal to a mortgage in a house. Right. You're actually paying their mortgage. For yeah. yeah. So why not get out and get equity? Now, both of them did that. And both of them today are very thankful they did that. Now, so that came from an older generation saying, what you're doing is throwing money away. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, but it's an easier way to live. It is. You don't have to repair anything. You don't have to do the lawn. You don't have to shovel the walk. I understand that. Yeah. But it's not the best economic way to live. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be paying. And then in the end, yes, you'll have repairs on your house or whatever, but you also have equity of something. And and both of them have seen that now because they're in their second house after that. Yeah. And uh, and both of them are very thankful they went through that. So I'm not sure that's changed. I think I would give the same advice to anybody today. Right. You need to get out of the apartment and get into a home and build equity. Now, some of them don't because we're so fluid on where we live. Mm-hmm. So when you buy somewhere, you kind of put roots down. You should be there for a while to yeah. make it work. And if, I mean, your culture, is that how they think? Do they think about putting roots down and it staying doesn't somewhere? Seem, it doesn't seem like it. No, I'm, a, I'm an odd duck. Yeah. So I would say. Yeah. if you're always thinking we're going to move somewhere else, it's going to be hard to do invest in a house. And yeah. Unless you're turning it over and just trying to make money on it or something. Yeah. Anyway, that's one. Yeah, what's another one, Dave? Paying for college. Paying for college. Paying for college, they're saying, is more difficult for your generation than mine. I would say this one's true. Yeah, I would too. I would agree with that because I think the bubble needs to pop. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I mean, unless you do do like a community college or different things like that, which I don't think has changed tremendously. 
Um, but I would say that the overall cost of college, even since when I went in, it's, it's, it's insane. Well, let's give you the percentage again. So my dad made my dad. Now, I don't know what my mom made. She worked part time. Okay. So there's more money in the house. I'm not sure. Yeah. But let's say when I started college, it's probably 10,000 because that would be easy to, to round off. Okay. Um, and college for me was like $3,700. For the entire thing? For the entire thing. Wow. So 10000 3700 A third. Yeah. Yeah. A third of salary. So yeah. less than a car. Yes. You yes. know, and, and of course, then it'd be nice if you had a car, but that would add up. I mean, that's the same issue when you look at it. But, you know, if my dad's salary was 10000 3700 But then, you know, back then as well, and that was Wheaton College. That was a private college I was going to. Right. Because I remember when it hit 4000 I thought, that's out of control. Yeah. You know, but... Um, I think there's a couple things you can look at. Many years ago, even before my year, people could work the summers and pay a good chunk of their college bill. Mm-hmm. Now they can't. Right. Even though salaries are up and that kind of So that's really different. Right. So, so what I'm finding is, I don't know if you see this, but what I'm finding in young people is they'll work and they'll work hard, but they don't plan on really using the money for college. They just use it for now. Because it's not going to help them go to college anyway. Yeah. Because they're going to get a college loan, and college is what fifty thousand, sixty thousand to a private school or something. Well, and and that's the crazy thing is I think I think there I think what you're saying is true, Dave. I, mean, I think it's there's two things. I think the the private college sector is just insane. It's between what forty and fifty thousand dollars a year. So you're talking between yep. one hundred and sixty to two hundred thousand dollars for four years, compared to thirty seven hundred is right. what you paid to go to school. You right. know, and so imagine, like, say they, they didn't work their, say you, they did work their summer, you know. I mean, say they worked their summer and made, what, seven grand? Right. Which I would say, if you could make seven grand in the summer, holy you're smokes. You're doing well, you're take doing, it. You're yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's still not chipping away. No. At that. Years ago, I read an article that said, what, do, you know, the difference, and showing that difference. Yeah. And they basically, so what do the kids use it on? Pizza, clothes, everything else. They don't even try and use it for college. Right. And when you look at it, you go, why don't you try and use it for college? Yeah. Well, because it doesn't even pay a sliver of what it costs to go to college. Mm-hmm. So I'm just using it for dressing for college. Right. You know, and yes, that is a different, um, that's a different mind frame uh, yeah. that we had. Plus, I had all kinds of fun aid back then, too. I mean, I ended up paying very little for college because Illinois paid some of mine. Right. Which you do poor. have that game these days, too. Yeah. You have FAFSA financially, but it's yeah. still, it's still, I would say, a little bit higher than what. Yeah. What you did. Well, that's but. why colleges are suffering right now. They really are because people are looking at it saying, okay, this has gotten out of control. Yep. I think there needs to be a, a, a recreation of what's going on uh, in college and how they do things. Yeah. I don't think they need um, to add a fifth year to become an education major. They can't find enough teachers anyway. Right. They need to relook at how they do things, streamline it a little bit, make it cheaper, and they'll start attracting kids back, I think. I agree. I agree, yeah. Well, buying a home we talked about, they say that 70% of the people say it's harder. I would uh, say it's it's just the same, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think it's a bullet you have to bite at some point. Yeah, if anything, I mean, even before we hit inflation, I mean, even with within a year and a half ago, rates were what, was it two years ago they were down like, what, 3%? Yeah. I don't know what gets easier than that. Yeah. I mean, yes, you're taking out a bigger loan, but your payment, right. like it's all it's all down to the payment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's what I don't like maybe they don't understand the finance part of right. it. 
Like, if anything, I would say it's easier yes. until recently, you know. But mm-hmm. Well, I say, you know, getting started with um, with things like a home, like a car, it can be overwhelming. However, there there are people in your life, too, that might be able to help you with some of that, help you borrow some of your, you know, some money for a down payment or whatever it might yeah. be. I mean, I like helping our kids get started, and then they get on their own. They can take care of it later. Yeah. The other thing I encourage them to do is, is get a car that's decent, a used car, but put a payment away. Get it so that you don't have a payment on it. You know, save money so you can get a car. Get a car, then put a payment away. Yeah. But you're not getting any car. And then do that for about 10 years. Absolutely. And yeah. then go buy a car. Yeah. You know, Budget. And, Budgeting and, is great. And, and my wife and I have done that. So every 10 years, we go buy a new car. And people are like, oh, you're extravagant. It's like, no, I, I'm not a mechanic. I don't want a car to fall apart. I'm going to go get a brand new one. I'm going to keep it till it. You know, 10 years, and then we're going to trade it in, and we're going to get a new one. Yeah. And um, I have found that to be work. That works because the car industry counts on you borrowing money to get it, and they count on you turning it in a lot sooner than 10 years. Yep. So you're still winning on that one, you know, down the road. And I don't think that's different than it was years ago. No, I think that's similar. Uh, the, the one more that I just find interesting, 46% yeah. of your generation compared to 21% say that um, – it's harder to find a spouse, or, hmm. and I'm trying to figure out harder to find a spouse. Yeah. How in the world is that harder? Is it because we're isolated more? I I would say that if if I were to think of anything, it, that would be the reason is because people don't socialize anymore. Yeah, or or you socialize online now. Well, that's what I'm saying. And and once you get in person, you don't be like like even young people nowadays. You meet some young people and they don't know how to talk to you. Right. And that would be the reason why I, the, like my generation might say it's harder is because, you know, if I were to go out there and try to meet somebody like me, that's outgoing and, and can actually have a conversation. It might take a little bit more effort yeah. than it did in your day. Yeah. Plus you know. if, if you're, uh, is it, it could be kind of like Woodman's too. Woodman's. You, yeah. You go in and, and you want a loaf of bread and they got 18,000 loaves of bread. <laughs> and, and it could be that you're saying, okay, I'm dating this person, but I can go online and find, 40,000 others. So you're saying I, there's too many options? With the online, there could oh, be. Oh, with online. Yeah, I don't know. With the online, because all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this person's in my life and they're they're here and I see them at school or whatever it is. But let me check online to see who's available. I mean, wouldn't that be similar to you youth group hopping back in the day? Oh, yeah, except, I mean- for, <laughs> except for I didn't. <laughs> so being a pastor's kid, I always stayed at one place. <laughs> but the bottom line, really, I could see, you know, I, I'm not sure that finding a spouse is harder, but maybe with all the the options out there you might be thinking i'm dating this person but but i have all these other places i can check for somebody that might be a better fit hmm. my generation didn't have that yeah i wouldn't say it's necessarily harder if anything i'd say it's about the same yeah i would too but yeah. i'm just trying to figure out why 46 percent think it's harder to find a spouse yeah uh, than it used to be or maybe because of maybe they have a certain purity value and they're just not finding it either which that could be true yeah you know that could be true unfortunately i mean it's it's interesting once you talk about life and all these you can go on forever and it goes by quickly yes you know just kind of like this episode unfortunately we're getting towards the end of the episode where we got to wrap it up but i encourage you you know look at life and and just start conversations with people you know today we had a we read an article and i started conversation of like man what has changed and and you start realizing what you value and it all comes down to you know what we want you guys to love god and love people that's what it is trust what god gives you in your finances if you have a lot if you have a little just say you know what 
God's given you what you need and just be responsible with it and enjoy life and go out there and connect with people. But unfortunately, we're out of time. This is Jason and Dave here on Young, Younger Older. I encourage you to head over to Silver Ranch and we're going to listen to this and other podcasts. Otherwise, we'll see you next year, next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.